pad up. It's the Australian Cricket Podcast. And here are your hosts. Welcome to the Australian Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Menzel, a.k.a. Manners. And joining me for this edition of the podcast, I have the two original panellists here. I have Cricket Pundit and good friend Joe Carse. How are you? I'm very well, Manners. Thanks and great to be here with the co-founders of the Australian Cricket Podcast, although Mac and I have been demoted from that status <laughs> recently well after a court after a high court challenge <laughs> joe you were called in for today's show when i saw sri lanka were fielding a player called dick weller which i figure gives you a lot of material for today's episode yeah i, I love that name um there's so much you could do with a dick weller <laughs> and the other that's like a half volley outside off stump for you <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and the other panellist is a journalist from news.com.au and former sports writer, James McSmith. How are you, Macca? Man, I'm good, thanks. It's great to be here with um, Joe, the, the, another co-founder of the Australian Cricket Podcast. Well, look, we've had some great guests recently. We've had some. We've had the Ben Horn last week, James Buckley from the Herald the week before. We've had some great ABC grandstand female journalists in the last few weeks. So, you know, a lot to live up to, boys. Yeah, and, and now some mediocre. Pretty in the room. So. No, it just, get, just gets better. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, welcome to the show, listeners. A lot to talk about. It is all really going to focus on the preview for the Australia v India test series that starts this week. We're also going to dabble in the T20s against Sri Lanka and look at the Sheffield Shield results. And then we're going to end this episode with what's made us happy in the last week of cricket. And uh, Joe Dickwell can't get into that segment i think you have to leave that out all right there'll be a few dick weller references there's no doubt (laughs) now it has happened two australian sides were playing at the same time in the last week so we had on friday and sunday at the very same time australia playing a t20 game at home while the test side played a match in india preparing for the the test series up there neither did particularly well but what a nightmare two teams playing at the same time I guess so, Menas, but how many players out of the 11 would actually be picked for both sides? Um, you know, do, you, do you see that as a problem going forward, to have two Australian teams playing concurrently? I do see it as a problem, and I think part of the problem was that I was more interested in the scores that were happening in India than the T20 game in front of me. I wanted to know how the test side was preparing, and in fact, had I been given a choice of being able to watch both of those games, I would have watched the tour match, no doubt. Well, man, as I've just had a look at the ratings on TV last night, it looks like twice as many people watched My Kitchen Rules as a cricket. So, what were you watching My Kitchen Rules last night, mate? No, I wasn't. <laughs> it's interesting, though. There was an interview with Ricky Ponting last night um, in one of the breaks where he said that T20 is now, from a consumer point of view, the preeminent form of cricket. I mean, that's a, that's a big statement coming from one of the legends of the game. He's got a vested interest, doesn't he, with his association with the Big Bash to say that? Do you agree with that? I mean, Ricky said in the lead-up to that game that when he was asked, you know, what was at stake, what what does this game matter? And he said what matters is the attitude you take into these games, which is, I don't know, it's kind of admitting that it's just well, entertainment, isn't it? Well, I think you, that argument holds when you're talking about momentum flowing from you know the one-day side to the test side. But if you've got two completely different sides, you can't really use that argument, can you? You can't say that it's that it any way reflects on the performance of one of the other forms of the game because they're now independent units. Yeah, but I think the problem in this case is you would definitely have at least five or six players from the squad that's in India playing in our best T20 side. And and then outside that, you've probably got another five or six that will be pushing for spots. But I guess the bigger question is, what's the future of international T20? Should it be a domestically focused format of the game or does it have a place at the international level? I'd like to see it be focused on the domestic level with a world T20 every two years. I think that'd be a good formula. But then you need to bring that side together in the in between. So you need you need fixtures like last night, as underwhelming as they can feel. But that's going to bear no relation to a team, team. we would field in a World T Twenty. So all it is is giving players that might not play for Australia some exposure and some experience. But I don't think it's actually going to help form a nucleus of a side. In fact, I think it's worse than that because we've lost another series. We haven't done well in T Twenty cricket. Our ranking is getting worse, and it's not doing us any good at all 
Menes, I think that's a good point that, you know, for for how good we all say the Big Bash is and how fantastic it is, has it really made T20 cricket in this country better? We've always been behind the eight ball in T20 cricket. and But, and we, but it's our third string side last night and we got humiliated. Mac, but partly because they're not even picking the guys with the best form and yeah, stats from yeah, yeah. the Big Bash in this side. I mean, we're going to pick that topic no, up. No, I'm going to pick it up right, right now. now. A couple of players that <laughs> right. are left out. Peter Neville was our keeper in the World T20 last year, and he can't make this side this year, uh, hardly six months after the last World T20. George Bailey, (laughs) captain of the T20 side a couple of years ago. Why wasn't he picked? If they really want to win and they're serious, there are certain players that should have been picked. It shouldn't have been, oh, Tim Payne, you've had a good career, here's a cap. Maxi Klinger, well done, here's a cap. One of the (laughs) things I find fascinating about the current selections is they don't seem to bring a sheet of paper to the meeting which has the previous side that played in, you know, three or four months ago because they don't, it seems like they don't remember remember who who played in the last game. I think we deserve to lose, to denigrate international cricket the way we've done to get greedy and try and take as much money as we can from the summer, knowing this tour in India was happening. We deserve to get spanked 3-0. And just to make, just to round out how humiliating it was last night, Sri Lanka needed 36 runs off the last two overs to win that game. It had never been done before in international T20 cricket, and they did it. So we've coughed up a world record. We've been smashed. But do you think it, there could have been somewhere that it, that could have been an all-stars uh, BBL side that, Somehow the best play- I think that was the way to go, that your performances in the BBL directly translate into your selection for that side. If they're going to have these games at the end of the year, I think that Has somehow that needs to, to come to go, in. Yeah. But it's going to change the way it's negotiated because those TV rights won't be as valuable. But in a way, though, it's more insulting for this Sri Lankan side to come here and be playing Australian going, actually, where's Smith? Where's Warner? Where's Stark? Where's Hazelwood? Where's Maxwell? Oh, they're not here. But it's also the fact that they've had no warm-up games. They've come straight here, and they've still beaten us. But, but even if you don't have your test players available, Sean Abbott, right? Mackie, you've just mentioned him. They've put up some excuse that a couple of percentage points difference in, in his economy rate, and you, man, as you, I'm sure you've got the stat handy there, but it was like a point three, point difference, three in difference run differential between Jai Richardson and Sean Abbott. Where, Where's Jai Richardson been? He where, wasn't being talked about as an Australian player for the last couple of years. Especially when we know that it's actually wickets that restrict runs and win games in T20. So what are the selectors thinking? It's like that, that thing that Rod Marsh said before he got sacked where you know, a bowler was picked because of his superior batting average. They've come out, the selectors have come out and said, we want to be more open with our rationale. Well, I don't actually want to hear the rationale if it's that poor. (laughs) It's not a rationale, mate, is it? I'd prefer they keep it to themselves if it's that. It seems like they come up with these stats to, you know, retrofit a a decision. How does it sit with your childhood adoration of Mark War now seeing him (laughs) on the selection table? Well, I, I... I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, as Speechless I said, as I said to you previously, it. Trevor Holmes has had his day. I don't know why. Is he the interim chairman? Is he the full time chairman? Who's going to be the next chairman? The selectors. Well, he's put his hand up for the job. Let's look at the. You know, I think he did a great job. Paul let's Dennett's look at, put his let's hand look up. At the, let's look at the team that he had to choose when he was head of selectors. Trevor Holmes. What Warren McGrath, was, Steve Warren. You just like, the, the, the team named itself. I think you just I think have to sign Jeffrey off on boycott it. Boycott has a term for that. It's called money for old rope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's now look ahead to the Test series in India. It's, it's a massive series for the Australian side. It kicks off in Pune. So it's the first Test that Pune's ever hosted. <laughs> so Smith has played for both franchises. So he has a fair degree of knowledge about the conditions. Does that uh, ma- does that matter though, Menas? Does it, I mean, it's, of course it does. But... I think. Well, he said the pitch that they face in the Test match will be very, very different to the the pitch they face in the IPL. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think, Macca? It obviously helps if you know the conditions. Yeah, I just think we, you know, we touched on this before. I don't know why Cricket Australia didn't say didn't have the one days beforehand. If well, we there were, are no one days in this tour. Well, I'm just sorry. I'm saying why we why can't we play a few. You know, they make $20 million profit from these games. You know, I don't know why we didn't have a couple there. And even just put the test side in just to get them used to conditions. I, uh, 
I just can't think we're setting ourselves up to fail again. Yeah, I just think if you've at least if Smith knows the ground, yeah, it, do, it does. It does. Any familiarity is going to help. And when even in Pune, exactly. So Australia kicked off its tour of India with a match against India A, and I guess the first controversy of the tour started straight away with the selection of this Australian side. Your man, Joe, Usman Khawaja, was left out and Sean Marsh was brought in, which signals that Khawaja is going to get the boot for the first test. Are you happy with this decision? I I am filthy about this. I mean, since when does the incumbent number three for Australia, who's had a great two years, not even get a chance to put his hand up in a tour game? I mean... We show this bloke such little respect at the national level. It's just it just boggles my mind. To me, the number three is like a. I put that as the leader of the batting order, right? You know, you've had Ponting in that role. You do not rotate your number three. You do not. But don't you think in these conditions where he's been found wanting in the past, Australia have taken a different approach rather than put him in a in a situation he won't be able to cope with they've just just decided well no you can you can sit out now well clearly that's the decision they've made but i don't think it's the right decision i think you've got to back somebody who's as good a player as kawaja to you know find his feet in these conditions and i know he struggled in the subcontinent previously but there's no doubt that he's got the quality to be successful in any conditions and that would be my take on it very decisive but man as the thing is we've spoken about this on twitter you agree with this decision yeah of course i do i totally agree with it i think kawaja gone he's not in my starting 11 but Kawaja's is in some ways a confidence player, and I think he ne- he's a sort of bloke I think who needs a kiss and a cuddle that needs to be told how much he's wanted. So this is going to affect his confidence in the long run, I think. And also, Menace. So then, how is you're getting rid of Kawaja? How the hell does this logic that we're going somehow by? How the hell does Mitchell Marsh get a start in the side now? Well, how? Mitch Marsh is in there as an all-rounder, so... It's, it's more but he's, sure. still, he's still going to bat in the top six. But it's Sean Marsh that's going to get that spot. I know, I know I'm just saying... The, by the, the side, Yeah, the side they're putting together, though. It, 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 how, so you drop a bloke who's in form like Kawaj, who's shown that he can do it at test cricket level, and then you bring Mitch Marsh in, who shows that has shown again and again that yeah, it's hard. Marsh needs to bowl. They need it, that third seam It option. seems like my theory from a couple of podcasts ago where if your name is Marsh, you seem to go to the front of the queue. <laughs> well, I think Marsh's spot, Mitch Marsh's spot, he he's in a battle with Glenn Maxwell and he seems to be winning that battle because Mitch Marsh scored 75 in the tour match we're talking about. Maxie didn't score any. In fact, he was bowled for one in the second innings. He was promoted up to number three. So I think that pivotal number six spot was between Mitch Marsh and Glenn Maxwell. And I think at the moment, Mitch Marsh is probably locked in there as the number six. I, I think what it is... And all... Sean Marsh will bat it four behind Smith, who will go up to three. Can and I... I think that's a good order, but I'd take out Renshaw. Can I just pick up on the Sean Marsh piece for one moment? And I know he does, unlike Kawaja, have good form in the subcontinent. But how many, this bloke, how many chances does he get? And he doesn't even need to do that much to, we've just, we've just we were talking before the show and you, you were talking. I was going to say, we've just heard from Eddie Cowan in the last few weeks where once you get dropped from the Australian national side, it can feel like a train has gone out of the station and you're looking at it go into the distance. Well, if you're Sean Marsh, you're not too worried about that train because there's another one coming two minutes behind You got a ticket for the next one. But what I think, guys, is also (laughs) at play here. Kawaja had a fair sledge at the selection early this summer, didn't he? Saying that he was a scapegoat in when he got dropped from he the side in Sri Lanka. Term, yeah. Which was and the first time he'd shown frustration. He's been pretty restrained. Well, I think it was a fair comment. A lot of people agreed with that decision. I think, you know, this is the selectors, you know, they you don't often see guys come out and publicly uh, attack the selectors. But for there's good disquiet. reason. There's actually yeah, a bit yeah. of disquiet around they, the playing got, ranks at the moment. They've gotten their own back here, haven't they? The selectors. Well, I well, think they this always is win. Smart. Mm. Yeah, that's the problem. I think a horses for courses policy is a smart decision. Really smart by the selectors c- c- to do this. C- without getting, Sean stuck, without getting stuck on this topic, though, Menas, can I just say this horses for courses issue? I find the the point of view of of Adam Gilchrist really interesting on this one because he is the last guy to captain a winning series in India for Australia. And his theory is you don't try and outspin them. You take 
what is your strength, and our strength is our quick bowlers. And I know we've been talking about the batsmen, but it's a really interesting point that you don't try and totally reshape your side to fit the conditions. You take your best 11 and you back them, and that's the theory I would have taken into the series. And I think that theory has got Australia into trouble too often on the subcontinent. Kawaja's performances on Australian wickets bear no relation to how he will perform out in India facing the spinners. He does not start well against the spinners. I don't think he should have been picked for the first test. The only thing I have a problem with about Kawaja being left out of the tour game is where does he go from here? Like, how can you pick but, but, him now? Listen, if you're saying he can't play spin, he's had no practice on the conditions. Manners, just, just one sec. If they want to bring Sean Marsh into this side, why isn't it Renshaw that gives up his spot? Like, where is the pecking order there? Like, why is Kawaja... Well, I think they want to keep a, Warner and Renshaw no, together. But... But it's it's like there's no there's no respect for a pecking order or you know somebody who's put runs on the board over a two or three year period like Kawaja. He just seems to be roadkill every time, you know the selectors change their philosophy. Well, he was roadkill in Sri Lanka. I mean, he was leaving <laughs> balls on middle stump. Yeah, but I think that that innings that he put together early this summer that everyone said was a coming of yeah, age innings. A, so so you you put together that and yeah. you know and then two months later. You, well, you, as you said, Macca, yeah. the how, what does that do to your confidence? Well, I, and, and also agreeing with you, Joe, I think you, you get some credit points for that. You, you, totally. You, you got some money in the bank. When you show that you can put together in innings like that, whether it's at Trent Bridge, whether it's at the MCG, or whether it's in Mumbai, you, you've got some credit in the bank. You just don't get suddenly dumped for some bloke who's going okay in shield cricket. No, they're going Agree horses wholeheartedly. Horses. I like the horses for courses. I think it's the right way to go. Just out of that tour match... Smith scored a century. Sean Mask scored a century. Peter Hanscom scored 45. Matty Wade scored 64. But it's with the bowling that was interesting. And I should set the scene here, sorry, before I give you these scores, that I was speaking to Gav, our man on the spot, and he said the wicket bears no relation to the sort of wicket Australia will face in the first test. It was green. It was seeming. The attack was poor. So I don't know how much you draw from these figures, but the Australian bowling, that's where the most... Astonishing figures come. Nathan Lyon, his figures were four for 162, and he went for almost six and over. That, that's just a worry for me already, isn't it? Lyon getting hammered in a tour game. Well, as Joe said before, we, why aren't we going to rely on Stark and Hazelwood? You know, if it's reverse swing or even just oh, pure, but it will pure be Stark, pace. Hazelwood. And I'm just saying, okay, but, but like Lyon, but like Lyon's getting yeah, hammered yeah, in a tour yeah, game, yeah, and he's supposed yeah, to be our premier yeah, spinner. But we, so, we, well, we have to, people are talking about picking three spinners. Mm, we don't have three yeah. world class spinners, do we, Mako? Well, it's just, I mean, Stark did so well in Sri Lanka. Why don't we blast them out? This is the way, we've got to try something, you know, I don't know if unorthodox is the right word. Are you worried about Lyon now? Of course I am. And he's been, you know, I really admire Nathan Lyon's ability to hang in the side. And he's, he's, he has been a great servant to Australian cricket and really, you know, produced some great spells of bowling. But that's somewhere where he's really struggled, hasn't he? That he, ha- he does have that four ball in his armoury every over. On the subcontinent, he doesn't bowl the right style, and we've seen him get into trouble on the past. You know, you need more side spin and underspin, and line bowls more your top spin. So I just think it was a worry seeing him get smacked in that tour game. Obviously, there's an edict almost in India, let's try and take line apart, and could be just carnage in the first well, I think test. if you remember when line sort of came onto the scene in India or touring here, he didn't get many top wickets, top order wickets at all. And he got a lot of guys at the down the bottom of the order who were just throwing their bat at, treating him pretty much with disrespect. And I mean, a wicket's a wicket, but that sort of, from memory, that was how he got those wickets. And I, that he didn't get any top order bets and any of these Indian guys out the top order in Australia. And I yeah. can't see him doing I think the same I think in India. Coley will be licking his lips no, at the thought just, of facing Nathan Lyon. I wonder Lyon. if there's a there's a chance he'll get left out for that first test after Well, that. you would think, we've is talked it, about this before, you'd think you know, Steve O'Keefe is a bit more like the sort of Jadeja style of bowling, so will actually work in those conditions. And then you might have Stark Hazelwood, you might bring in Bird as a third quick and have Maxi as your six and bowling spinners that, and well, that you works leave for Lyon me. out. I actually think Maxwell's style of bowling is also suited to those so conditions. So Gets it in quickly and flat, and he he could surprise them. Yeah. Well, that was our little chat about the tour match. Now we've got a new segment. It's called Listen and React. A little bit of a, a spin on Read and React. And what we're doing is, as a way of previewing this series, I've gone ahead and I've got some quotes from some of the players, and we're going to discuss what the players are saying in the lead up to this 
pivotal test series. Now, let's start with um, Ravi Ashwin. He starts off by saying, I had some duels with Warner, and the world knows they are great batsmen. But as I said, the key to this series is how well we start off. More often than not, it's about wearing the opposition down, and if you can start doing that from the beginning, it gets easier towards the end. Well, that's been a big problem from Australia when we've toured the subcontinent. We sort of start okay, and then we take a massive nosedive by the end. Are we able to stop that, do you think? Well, I think that's more than just a cricket question, because from all accounts, one of the things that happens when you tour India is it gets wearing mentally after a long tour. So I think the question is not only can we stay applied for the whole five days of a single test, but can we really stay for the for the whole series? And, you know, it's interesting, that's a bit of, that's sort of a shot over the bows from Ravi Ashwin, isn't it? Because I think one of the things we haven't been able to do is play for time, which you've got to be able to do in India. You can't hit your way out of a, a you know, a rut as you might be able to do in Australian conditions. You've got to be able to have maybe whole sessions where you defend. Do we have players that can do that, Manners? I mean, I, someone I like Renshaw. E. Chappell was saying on the weekend, or writing on the weekend, that you should be looking to bat about two days. It doesn't matter how many runs you score but you want to use up time so at the end of the match you're not the team batting on the last day on a wearing wicket yeah and you've seen I think India in the last series against England have come back from you know quite large first innings that that England have put on and they've and their philosophy has just been we're going to make so many runs that we don't have to bat again right so we've got to be very tactically it's quite different and we've seen that Virat Kohli can pretty much he can occupy the crease for as long as he wants at the moment. So that's going to be one of the major challenges here. And also, if Australia gets smashed in the first two test matches, what will we do? Will we throw all the plans out the window that we've brought. And, you know, in the last two tests, you could have players like Swepson and Agar playing there. And who knows what could happen. So I think Ashwin's right that if they start well and get on top of Australia early, we could be really hammered. Yeah, in, Max in, is upset about this upcoming in, series. He's mortified at the thought of what's about to happen. All right, next quote. Can, can I just say, in terms of the, what changes might happen to the squad, though, we know that Matthew Wade's got a dodgy back at the moment. I can't believe that Neville's not over there. Well, let's let's skip so, ahead. Sorry. I can't believe Neville's not on the side. But, that, well, but we've well, I've got a lie. We've got to listen and react. I know we can't stay on script here, but <laughs> Wade, this is his latest quote. He said his back is getting better. Is this oh, a good thing? I'm glad he thinks so. <laughs> is this a good thing? His, what are his medical qualifications, Menes? I don't know, but we want, we'd want Neville over there as quick as possible, wouldn't we? Uh, Darren Lehman pointed out that India have some good fast bowlers and Australia should not be solely focused on the spinners. And I guess amongst all this, we've been talking about Ashwin and Judasia, their spinners. We haven't really looked at who the quick bowlers for India will be. And I thought it'd be a good chance to do that now. So we've got the two Indian opening bowlers should be Umesh Yadav and Ishant Sharma or Kumar could come in for Sharma. To me, that pace bowling holds no fears. I don't think fast bowling will be what gets us in trouble on the subcontinent. Well, I mean, Sharma's a bit of a cult figure in some ways, more for comical reasons perhaps in Australian circles than for good reasons but he he can hold his own at times can't he but you're right I mean if you were India would you almost just stack the side with four or five spinners and just go for it <laughs> three or four four or five why not yeah they I mean they only need two they've only needed two in the last couple of series because <laughs> they the, take five wickets each that's the problem but um you know the on the actual point of the, the bowling lineup for India it's funny, you look at the stats that Ashwin and, and Jadeja have put on the board in the last two years. I mean, they're good bowlers, but they're not that good. They've bowled well and they bowl well in those conditions. But, I mean, we've seen Ravi Ashwin tour Australia before. He's not Shane Warne. That could be a soundbite at the end of this yeah. series. They're good, but not <laughs> a bit, that A bit good. like the 3 0 one was like ahead of Sri Lanka. wickets each. And the other, the big but, but injury... I, I, the... But can I, I, I will agree with Joey. I, yeah, Ashwin's not a fantastic play. He's a tricky player. He's a great competitor, but I know what you're saying. He won't Steve Ward just called him the Don be... Bradman of bowling. <laughs> well, that's a silly comparison, isn't it? Don't say that about Steve Wall. <laughs> All right, next quote. Steve Smith said batting in test cricket is about making good decisions for a long time, and that is obviously tested in Indian conditions. He also talked about seizing the opportunities on the subcontinent, but also being patient and hanging with the game when, when it is moving slowly. Interesting quote. There's a 
quote that is often used in a sport that's played south of the border, which I know you two won't let me talk about, which is harder for longer. And I think that's what we're talking about, the fact that we need to be in this series, is you need to, in India, you need to be mentally hard across the whole test. And Steve Smith has shown that he can do that. I mean, that's a bloke who can concentrate better than just about any cricketer in the world at the moment. But what about the other 10 blokes, manners? Yeah, that's that's the question, Marks. But it's also, I guess it's about what we talked about before, hanging with the game. You know, even when it gets tough and it looks like the game's getting ahead of you, not thinking you have to hit your way out of trouble, really grafting your way into a good position. That's what we didn't do in Sri Lanka. We didn't, but that's where I like the selection of, you know, that we've we've gone and stuck with a guy like Renshaw, despite me saying that he should have given way for Kawaja about five minutes ago, <laughs> is that he does have that... You should that be on ab- the selection panel. You yeah. just change your mind every five minutes. Well, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so, so he's a bloke who can apply himself and play a, a slow, measured innings. Um, and I think we need those guys in, in the team. Um, I think Sean Marsh can do that as well. Yeah. I just think, man, it's, we, we spoke about this post-Sri Lanka, during Sri Lanka. And, you know, those silly comments that there's a ball with your name on it. And Australia were always trying to force the pace in Sri Lanka, weren't they? They were, they were over-aggressive. They were too aggressive. Now Steve Smith's comments indicate they're at the opposite end of that spectrum. That's a bit of... I think that that is like a layman theory because he said he when he took the job he wanted to make the side play a really attacking brand of cricket. And I think the mistake that they made in Sri Lanka was exactly what you said, is believing that you need to hit your way out of trouble when in fact... You know, the Indians said of the the English when they toured that they they just misread what you've got to do tactically in India to be successful. And I I don't know that this side has got enough players that can do that. That, That's my concern. Yeah, I've got plenty of concerns as well. (laughs) All right, the next quote from Steve Smith, reverse swing will be crucial. Well, there's no surprises that reverse swing will be crucial for Australia. We talked about Stark, but I just want to point out to both of you that in that Sri Lankan tour, Stark took 25 wickets at 15 with a strike rate of just over 25. So that's a wicket every four overs effectively. And we still lost the series 3-0. So the, yeah. the, the, it sits much further, more than just on Stark's shoulders to be able to take the wickets. And I'll give you the batting lineup that we're facing. K.L. Rahul, Pujara, Murali Vijay, Ajinki Rahane, Virat Kohli, and then you've got Ashwin and Jadeja as the all-rounders. It's going to need a team effort to dismiss them. But it's daunting, isn't it? That's a daunting batting lineup. Um, and to the to Steve Smith's point in the quote, I don't think we're particularly good proponents of reverse swing anyway, are we? I mean, we our our bowlers are not as adept at producing reverse swing as some of the other nations. I, the the guy who was really successful in India doing it, it was Kasparovic in that series where we were successful. But who's going to be our big reverse swinger in this series? Well, it'll be Stark and maybe yeah, but- Hazelwood, but. The problem is, do we have the skills to get the ball hooping around? <clears throat> I mean, we seem, a- to be, we seem to be the ones that can't do it. It seems to be the other teams that get it to move. All right, next quote. Now, this is a question that Gav asked Darren Lehman. Darren, do you think this is the greatest challenge for you as a coach? Buff's answer. It is a great challenge for the whole group. We are not focusing on results, but just getting into the games. Well... He didn't really answer the question there, did he? I know, Manners, but it's... It's it, not the best it, question. No, it's not the best question. Gav, <laughs> come on, Gav, let's sharpen things up. I mean, Gav, you can say, that's a question I've heard as a journalist once a month. Is this game the biggest challenge of your season? Is this the... It's, it's you know, he needs to be sharper, I think. And and as the last... This is the Gav critique now. <laughs> no, 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 well, I'm just saying, look, you know, what's he going to say to that? Like, 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 and, and of course it is, but... What's your but do you think he's the biggest, think he's the biggest challenge pressure. for any cricketer, isn't it? But do you think he's under any pressure, Darren? Lee? Well, I mean, I if we get hammered Matt, if 4 at, nil, do you think we'll come back and he'll uh, well, get I the do, cross next Can I just say one thing? I think saying you don't focus on results when you're going into the biggest series that we play apart from the Ashes is a stupid thing for the Australian coach to say, firstly. I mean, it's a... I know that it's a standard line that gets rolled out, you know, if we do the right things, the results will follow. But, I mean, he is paid... I'm sure some part of his actual remuneration is based on producing results. So it's a stupid quote from him. I think... <laughs> yeah, Joe, I, I agree. And I think... Stupid uh, question, stupid quote. Well, yeah, well, also, I think... It, 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 you, look at what, you look at what Buff said before, and I think this is a, a situation for a lot of sports, that this sort of politics spin 
you know, polishing seems to come into everything. And, and we're, we're not focusing on results. I mean, of course you are. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you, you, you'll go to question, you watch question time, whatever, and they never, you know, it's the PM's asked it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's spun. It's, they've all thought about what they're going to say or what they're not going to say. But and is that, there pressure on Lehman? Well, I think Answer we, the question. We pointed out in the last Donald series. Trump's. There is, but there's not a lot expected Trump because of... Trump your evasiveness. <laughs> I, think that, I think the problem is, is that... The question is, have we lowered our expectations too much? I mean, men, as you've been talking about 4-0 about this series for the last six months, I, don't, I disagree. I think we need a 3-1 result as a minimum to... To Australia, to, yes! To consider that, you know, it hasn't been a complete disaster. I think we should be thinking about winning this year. I mean, an Australian cricket team should go into every mm. series thinking they can win it. Just as a but little... don't you think this takes the pressure off us? Just but that's what being... they're trying. But that's what that's what Lehman's trying to do. They always to... do that. No, Coaches but I don't think always they do, do that because I think we went into the series in Sri Lanka last year as overwhelming favourites, and Australia felt that there was that pressure uh, look, to deliver. Man, now they're trying to take the pressure Manners, off the players. To your question, Darren Lehman has been clearly under some kind of pressure for the last few months. I mean, he's been he's had a couple of outbursts that have been completely out of line for an Australian coach. So you know, pretty switched on to the rumours circulating. Australian cricket now, Joe. My rumours tell me that he's been a little bit testy with the media. Yeah, well, so, he ca- he with questions like that from Gav, he'll keep it up. His style when he started was, oh, I'm, I'm the best bloke and, you know, I love to have a chat with everyone. And now he's, he is, his character has changed a bit. But Menas, let's make no bones about it. This is, an, this is such an important series. You cannot go into it with lowered expectations as an Australian cricket team. I don't care how challenging it is. Yeah, I'm sure when they're alone together, they're not saying, oh, we're going to get beaten 4-0. But do, you I think, think, do you think Ricky Ponting ever went into a team meeting saying anything other than the aim is to win this and win it well? Steve War. I mean, anyway, without going into the, the history of the situation, just as a little addendum to that, Mackett, what's your hourly rate for mentoring young journalists <laughs> while they're travelling for Gav? <laughs> Well, you're $100, former, $100 an former hour. sports journalist, I, what, James McSmith, what? consultancy group. <laughs> Max Smith Innovation. Menas, well, Menas, I think if you go back to Amazing Adelaide. Amazing and, Adelaide, as in the Ashes 2006-7, that it's trademarked now. You can't yeah, talk about that. Adelaide registered without putting there Amazing before it. There was a tourist campaign it. called Amazing Thailand, which yeah, I think yeah. Mac has now ripped off. Incredible India, too. But I think, you know, if you if you hear some of the guys talk about that, like Mark Clockark, and, and he said that how some of the senior players in the group, like Shane Warne, Ricky Ponting saying, we can win this game, we can win this game, you know, and, and Clark is saying, oh, I didn't really believe it, you know, and I guess what I'm wondering is if in this current side, and obviously Smith is the captain, but who are the real hard nuts that are going to be grabbing the bull by the horns or the chicken by the throat and saying that, I, I just don't know if we have anyone. Or the glass the- half fullers. Like, you know, I think Shane Warne, such an attacking mindset, believed that any game was winnable from any position. I agree. I think you need those characters in the sheds. But, and, but Smith's obviously shown in Hobart that how much he cares about it and he can be hard-nosed, but I just don't know... You know, like you say, hang tougher for longer. I just, I don't I think know. Wadey's got that quality, in him, and that's why <laughs> well, he's got to worry about his back. He's well, got to worry about dropping the ball, missing stumpings. All right, I want to move on with these quotes. <laughs> Next one: Steve Smith said, "If his players want to get into a verbal battle with India, it is okay. It is about getting the best out of the players, and that that might help some of his players fire up." I mean, in one sense, I think this is a good thing, but also <laughs> I think is, it could be. A is this comedy matters? But let's go through. Good luck doing that to Virat Kohli. We've seen in the past, Joe, when Vir- when we fire barbs at Kohli, he just doubles down and fires back. But he does. It could, it could be the other blokes. Yeah, look it at to. what Fort- he did in the Faulkner. He made Faulkner he, look silly. Yeah, but he's you know? not the whole team. There's other players you uh, could understand. He is. I, I tell you what. One thing I'll give Virat Kohli for is he has imbued this side now with his own character. I think the way they train. I mean, he is a. I know that he's a you know a devotee of the gym. You know the Indian side in the past were as much as they were skillful. I don't think they were the fitter sides. I don't think they were the you know necessarily the the best fielders. Or whereas Virat Kohli has taken this side and said, "Come with me, boys." And I think one of the things that has happened is they're a mentally tougher side than they were. So if Australia think that they're going to have Matthew Wade out sledge a slide a side led by Virat Kohli, I think. 
think again. Should we do Macca. the opposite of that, Ooh. the Brendan McCullum theory, <laughs> also, and be absolutely <laughs> so nice to them? It's disgusting. Like the Kiwis were to us, so polite, chatting with them, just trying to put them off the game well like for that. Them in the World Cup, final. yeah, and, and good old McCullum started sledge, <laughs> sledging his newspaper column instead. But I think that that goes the crux of it, Joe. That Virat Kohli, his mental is that an inside journal thing I missed. His mental strength is incredible. That these things can happen. You know that he obviously is only focused on that next ball. He's only focused on his batting. He's so incredibly mentally strong that he can shut everything out. That you know the expectations of a billion people, and he, he he's just—it's incredible his focus, his concentration. And well, I think well, yeah. So, so what we, I'm saying, we, if, we, he's, if he's got weighty chirping in his ear, make he worse. doesn't care. Yep. So we're saying no. Don't get into the verbals. In fact, be nicer. Well, I, I think I don't know. I think man is perhaps it's just don't say a th- an, a word. Just do you, not say any Indian at all the yeah, whole time. The whole time. Just no, blank them the whole yeah. time. The, the the question is when do you verbal in a game? So the great Australian sides had every right to verbal because they were on top a lot, right? So you can do that when you have got the momentum with you. But trying to do it to change the momentum in a match and you think I think they picked a guy like Matthew Wade because he's good at it I mean to me that is is actually laughable well the problem is Wade isn't clever at it like Steve Waugh was is he or or some of those other guys that Wade is just inane chit chat and I don't think that serves any purpose help if you've dropped a easy catch or Mr. Stumping mm. in the last yeah, three That overs. changes the momentum of the game more than some <laughs> exactly. silly little comment, doesn't it? This is the Matthew Wade fan club. If you'd like to send your mail to mwade at Cricket Australia. Um, now, the last quote is Maxwell is now talking about Virat Kohli and said that Kohli is just so on top of his game at the moment, but sometimes it can only take one unsettling dismissal or thing to go wrong to put Kohli off his game. I think this is just wishful did, thinking did from Maxwell. This is more comedy. This is more comedy. Yeah. preparation. Yeah. Is this on the comedy channel, so, man? So the only comment I would make to that is perhaps Maxwell is speaking from his own experience because we know that he has wild swings in form. He, know, he, one, he leaves a delivery when it's on middle stump. Exactly. Yeah, if does that in the first yeah, test, maybe. That's an unsettling dismissal. <laughs> but I think Virat Coley's feeling pretty good about things and I think one you know, low score in the first couple of tests he'll be able to move on from. So, again, Maxwell, I mean, maybe perhaps concentrate on getting picked first and then you can get stuck into the world's leading batsman. I will say in Maxwell's defence that Coley has been on this unbelievable run of form and for every batsman it ends sometime. So if it ends in this test series, that could be particularly damaging to the psyche of the Indian batting lineup if Coley goes missing. In the same way that if Steve Smith were to go missing in this series, what that would do to the lineup, could the same happen to India? I'm getting a bit fired up here, I know, but they're trying to do what what um, Glenn McGrath used to do in lead up to big series, which is put a little mental barb out there. But Glenn Maxwell isn't even in our best 11. Glenn, Glenn McGrath, on the other hand, the other Glenn, was one of the great fast bowlers of all time. And he always backed it up with performances on the pitch. So to me, this smacks of, okay, let's get some stuff out there in the media to start mentally, you know, wear them down a bit. But it's just, it just comes across as weak to me. I, I agree. And it's that spin again. But I, I like Maxwell. I think the game would be poorer without him. He's, I do, I do. he's a character. Like At least he says some interesting stuff, unlike a lot of guys. All right. So let's stick to spin then, Macca, and talk about the spin threats for India, just to go back to one of Joe's uh, earlier comments that probably, I don't know what's going to stay in from the editing floor this show, <laughs> um, but we've got Ashwin. So this can, is, they're not that good. This, this is the two records that they have in India. So in India, Ravi Ashwin has 187 wickets at 22, but that's not as good as Jadeja. He has 96 wickets at 20 in India. So that is an awesome Combination. Then backing them up, you have off spinner Yadav or leg spinner Amit Mishra. It looks like they'll pick the off of Yadav, but either one could do damage to us. I'm going to channel Joe here and say, contradict what I said earlier, but yeah, you look at those stats and, you know, just looking back to some of the highlights of Ashwin's career in India. He didn't get picked last time they. But he can be unplayable, can't he? He Yeah. he, he just, bowls much better at home. He does, he does, he does, yeah. He bowls a lot better at so home. So that's what is facing the Aussies. A very daunting task. Now it's prediction time, listeners. 
For a start with our predictions, which Aussie player will be the biggest surprise on this tour? Oh, well, man, it's, for me, we've already had the biggest surprise if Kawaja is going to get dumped for the first test and another big surprise that Mitchell Marsh is in. So for me, the biggest surprise is they're actually choosing Mitchell Marsh and they're dumping Usman Kawaja. But the biggest surprise, I, I don't know, man. It's like flummoxed. What I don't do you know. think, Joe? This won't be too big a surprise, but I'm hoping it's Steve O'Keefe because in the past, our spinners have gone to India, some of the greats, Shane Warne even, and haven't performed. I'm thinking his bowling really suits the conditions. I'm thinking he's going to play a big part and that might surprise some people. Doesn't surprise me. I think the biggest <laughs> surprise for Australia, now that they're going to pick him to me, could be Matt Renshaw. Young player. That was going to be my other one. A lot to prove. I, I, I was. I, I was. Yeah. I said I wouldn't pick him, but I think now that he's in there, you could see a great player emerge. Yeah, so, some comparisons have been made to Matthew Hayden, and we know that's that India is where he, you know, went to another level. Very different style of player, um, despite the fact that their stature is similar. But I'm hoping that Renshaw also, you know, has a huge series in India, and I think he's he's made of the right stuff. I think, which is as important as anything in India. I think he's a youngster and he could probably roll with the punches in India. It's a great adventure for him. And You learn quickly when you're young as well. Well, that's it. He's probably not as daunted by setbacks or not as hit as hard by setbacks. And I think, man, as we ran a bit of audio from him and Peter Hanscom last week's show, and when Hanscom was asked by Gav, a good question, how he was dealing with you know preparation, and he just didn't really, oh, well, I don't know. But Renshaw in his interview with Gav was saying, he was illustrating that he was thinking about that he was going to use the sweep shot a lot, and he's got such a long reach. It's like a it's like a boxer who can just jab and jab and jab. He can keep himself out of trouble, and maybe Renshaw can do that and score some big runs. I'm really interested to see how Gab's questions get better. <laughs> it was a nice little. He, he, a nice, he started off slowly. A nice square up there from Macca, just trying to repair things with Gav a little bit. But anyway, I'm really interested to see how deep in his crease he bats. Is he going to bat? And I mean, you know, I think that will that will suit those conditions, won't it? Because he, he naturally plays back Peter Hanscom, right? So to bat deep in your crease in yeah. India and to play back, which is his natural style, should suit those yeah, conditions. Yeah. yeah, I think he could struggle. I think he's really? one. Why? Yeah, because I think we're all assuming his technique will work, but I just think life doesn't often work that way that, it, That's very his, philosophic. We're getting oh, very philosophical. Can I just move on, please? <laughs> Follow up, Joe. Can we have some more philosophy, please? This is sure. going to be the longest <laughs> podcast um, in the history. <laughs> well, not after we cut out the first four yeah, hours. What about the AFL stuff? Um, How are you going to cut right. that out? Now, Joe. In a follow-up to your question, then, who will take more wickets in this series, Nathan Lyon or Stephen O'Keefe? I think it'll be Steve O'Keefe. I agree. I, I think Nathan Lyon has in the past, I hate to say it, when the pressure has been on in the big series, he hasn't been able to be the strike spinner, right? So and he can play the... I th- so I had a theory so- about this. I'm going to cut you off because you've given me some thoughts. I had a theory that Lyon actually is a player that can't cope with being on centre stage. So whenever we go to the subcontinent and the buck falls at his feet to perform, he struggles. Whenever we're in Australia and it's the final day of a test match and you it's, need him to step up and bowl Australia out, I'm gonna give this he struggles. Theory, so I, think, I think it's a mental problem. I'm going to give this theory some historical context. And say I thought you were just going to shoot it down. <laughs> well, that too. And say that while Shane Warne possibly had a superiority complex, I think that... Nathan Lyon is the sort of character where he likes being in the background, right? So you can his media performances, you can see that he's pretty humble, you know. Despite Good country the fact boy, he, he and he's apparently salt of the earth bloke, and he sings a song and all of the rest of it. But I think you're right, Menners. Um, I'm going to actually agree with you here and say that I don't think he likes being the striker, and that's been his problem. Is that on the fifth day, you know, when it comes down to him, he hasn't been able to produce. <laughs> you're, you're following Menners. Down the psychology path here. I'm not. I think. I just think Nathan Lyon has done so. He's probably he's not the most talented bloke in the world, but he's done so well over such a long period of time. He's been the longest serving spinner since Warney. I. So who will take more wickets, Lyon or O'Keefe? Well, I, I, before I, before I answer that question, I'll avoid the question Buff style. Thanks, Trump. And say that okay. Let's say that Lyon doesn't perform on this tour. Could that be the end of his Test career? 
Oh, this, that's a gra- it feels like Groundhog Day. No, I don't think it will be. I think, though, Stephen O'Keefe, if he performs well, could put his hand up to be our premier spinner come the Ashes. I think it's there for O'Keefe to win, not so much for Lyon to lose. I, and just one I, thing I, I on Lyon. I disagree and agree with Macca. So if O'Keefe becomes a number one spinner, I think there's room then for somebody like a Swepson or a Agar to become the secondary spinner, and then what happens to Lyon? So I actually think it's a... It's a prescient question from Macca. So it could Thank happen. You. But I will say, as a counter to all this, I went to the last few games in the big batch that Lyon bowled, and a couple of them, the wickets were turning a bit. And he bowled some balls, I swear, they were drifting away and spinning back in the classic off-spin delivery. Like you used to bowl menace? Well, yeah, in my dream. <laughs> if he can bowl... What about six for 19? <laughs> six for 16, don't. Don't mess the figures up. No, switch that <laughs> scorecard. Do they um, keep the records in the thirds? Um, but if he the can... The thirds? Well, how would better know? Anyway, if, if Lyon can produce that sort I mean, of delivery, maybe the doomsdays will be not proved great. wrong. <laughs> now, finally, uh, not finally, I don't know where I am. David Warner has scored 18 test centuries. 14 of them are in Australia. Does he have something to prove on this tour? I'll say yes, because I think... It's, you know, Warner is a fantastic player, obviously, but you've seen... Flat track bully in Australia. Well, you've, seen, you've seen people have brought spinners on straight away with him in various formats of the games, and it has appeared to work. And I think Warner's probably also someone who can get frustrated, obviously, when he can't score runs. He's one player that probably... He's the one player who likes to force the pace of the game. That's a fantastic strength of his. But come India, that is it impatience? It well, could... Cost him, he does need runs there to prove that he's a player on the subcontinent. Interesting question. I was just reading an article by our um, our friend Rob Forsyth this morning who was saying that Dave Warner has been saying he'll play his natural game there. Well, if we've said earlier in this podcast that it didn't work in Sri Lanka to hit our way out of trouble, and we know that that's David Warner's modus operandi is to play his natural game... Is it going to be a concern that we might be, you know, one down in the first five overs when we're trying to bat for two days? I don't even think that's the problem. I think, say, he does okay and he smashes a quick 80 or 100 and when he gets out, we'll say one for 140, you know, halfway through the second session, well, we could then collapse and be all out for 200. That's right. So yeah. you're more concerned. Yeah. I said... Him getting out in the first couple of overs. No, but you're but more thinking, concerned no, about us being yeah. 140. No, no, I think, like, if you know how Warner scores those fast hundreds in a session and a half? That's what he does. Yeah, I think it's better. If he can bat the whole first day and score 100, I think that will be more valuable. He's not going to have a lobotomy between now and the yeah, first test. I, I just think, I think if you're, if I'm Steve Smith, <laughs> if I'm Darren Lehman, I'm saying... Please go out and bat like Renshaw Warner. I'm saying just, Warner's the <laughs> one... Two Renshaws Warner's the one player that you let him do what he wants, isn't he? And if he gets out early that's it you know you, he's one player that you can't different rules yeah he, well he's one player you can't put his arms behind his back you've just got to let him roll out hard to bat with his hands behind well his you back. know what i mean and i do know what you mean so i think he's the one that you give that carte blanche to when you said another matt renshaw were you talking about a possible test recall for ed cowan is that because <laughs> he just has scored a double hundred in case the listeners have forgotten. he could do the same job renshaw does over there and probably better with his experience now you got to get on with buff though yeah, well, that's not happening. Now, who this... do you think Buff likes l- less, Manners, KP or Eddie Cowan? Or Brett Jeeves. Mm, yeah. <laughs> probably all of them. They're probably all in the same category. It's... Now, the stage is set, though, for Australia to make history and define what sort of team this group is going to be going forward. The stage is set. Will it happen? Harbhajan Singh thinks Australia's best case scenario is a 3 0 loss. What do you guys think, and what's your prediction for the series? This is big, isn't it? I mean, it's a big this series. This is big, Joe. You're going on going it's a record big series, now. and it's a big, big prediction. I've just come off a... I predicted 3-0 for Australia against Pakistan, so I'm coming off of a, a, a perfect yeah, That record. was, again, that was a half volley outside <laughs> off stump. So let's just put it through that context and say, I, I, I'm predicting a 2-1 series victory, but unfortunately to India. Man, as I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think we're going to lose four nude. So four nil. What was yours, Joe? Two one. Two one to India. So that's that's. I reckon two one's really good. That means we've got a draw and a, a test match victory. I'm going three nil Australia. <laughs> this is just comedy. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't know. It's hard to predict anything. Four nil. I've been saying four. How'd your last three nil prediction go? Uh, it's not going well. Uh, look. 
So just make it again and hope that... 3 nil to somebody, put it that way. <laughs> that was our prediction for the Test Series versus India. All right, listeners, before we wrap this show up with what's made us happy in the last week of cricket, I want to tell you all about the Have A Go Your Mug Mug promotion. If you can go onto iTunes and leave a review for the show, you will, or whatever app you listen to the show on, leave a review and you will go in the draw for Have A Go Your Mug Mug. Please email me that you've left a review because I cannot see all the reviews around the world. So let me know and you will go in the draw for one of our famous Have A Go Your Mug Mugs. If you want to skip that process and subscribe to the show on the Patreon website for $5 a month or more, you will get a mug straight away. If you want to get in touch with the show, we're on Gmail, auscricketpod, auscricketpod at gmail.com. That's also our Twitter handle, at auscricketpod. You can find us on Facebook as the Australian Cricket Podcast. And remember, tell all your cricket-loving friends about the show. David Martin on 96. Anil Kumble. And here comes the big one. It's a straight six. The arms go up in the air. And David Martin has got a hundred. His eighth test match hundred. And his first against India. Welcome back to the Australian Cricket Podcast. That was Damien Martin bringing up a famous century in Chennai in 2004. The tour that Australia won the series there. The sound bites over this period are going to tell that story. The last sound bite I played from there was in Bangalore when Australia won the first test. Then we moved on to Chennai. And when Martin came out to bat in the second innings, Australia were effectively three for minus 20. He made a brilliant 100, partnered with Jason Gillespie, and got us to almost 230 in front. Going into that last day... India needed 210 to win with 10 wickets in hand and Australia were probably saved by rain. It rained all day, game washed out. Australia left Chennai with a 1-0 series lead still in its possession. Remember that, guys? Well, Menace, it's interesting that you bring Martin up because he's, you know, given the current conversation about... Kawaja. Well, in light of also Madison and what Ed Cowan says about guys who were full out of the side, that train's left the station. Obviously, Damien Martin was someone that's unceremoniously dumped from the Australian side after a very humiliating defeat at the SCG. And, I mean, you know, he's someone that was in the wilderness for years. He probably shouldn't have been because he had the talent. But that's it's it's been a it's obviously been a problem for years. This sort of you know once they're out of the side, out of sight, out of mind. I was just thinking the same thing. I know that Brad Hodge feels hard done by when he got dropped, but he got dropped for Damian Martin, as we know. And when Marto came back into this side, not only did he pick up the AB Medal or the Test Player of the Year at the AB Medal. He was just clutch in that second coming of his career. And this was one of the innings. Yeah, this that, was probably his best This was century. his best innings, exactly. But didn't he he was somebody who in that second part of his career, when we were in when we needed runs, he produced more often than not. Yeah, definitely. And but he, he's that's obviously, what we're gonna need in this series. But he's obviously an interesting character, Damien Martin, because the manner in which he retired, he just sort of it was gone, wasn't he? It, it was Yeah, he's uh, I, I don't know if you heard him. He's a he's a pretty interesting character. He, he was on the Howie games recently, and the, he sort of goes into his, his rationale for his retirement. I actually switch that off. I found it pretty unlistenable. Yeah, he wasn't great on it, but anyway. All right, so let's end Enough this about podcast. This, this podcast has gone <laughs> off the rails this week, but we're going to end it all with a segment I borrowed from the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, which is what's made us happy in the last week. And I guess I'll get the ball rolling on this one. And I'll tell you what's made me really happy this week is finding out that the new English captain's nickname is Ellen after Ellen DeGeneres because he, he bears a striking nice. resemblance to the American That's talk show. That's made me happy right talk now. Show host. <laughs> and the fact that it really annoys him makes it even better. So I'm never going to call Joe Root anything but Ellen well, Root again. Well, in light of our conversation about riling other players up, mm. once he comes out here, I think you can expect a lot of Ellen's uh, yeah. Joe Root. Especially yeah, as he's great as good as, What did Warney used to call... Um, the Shermanator. The Shermanator. <laughs> but it's, it, it's the best <laughs> since the Shermanator. But, but, but the Shermanator said he copped words. But if you go on the net and see a photo of like Joe Root in a couple of positions, he looks exactly oh. like Ellen DeGeneres. It's would, would, striking. I'd, I'd love to see Joe Root on the Ellen show. That could be... It'd be like a symmetry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, what's made you happy in the last week? Cricket-wise. Well, I think we know what makes me happy. It's quite obvious from this show. It's 
double entendres. <laughs> that I can, well, there's been a few dick that well I can up, roll out root. several times in one podcast. So I don't know if that's a cricketing thing that's made me happy. The but cricket double entendres. But but in all I, seriousness, I think it's a rabbit hole though. In like, all seriousness, if you go down the cricket double entendre rattle rabbit hole, <clears throat> there's no way out. It depends what your what your years of maturity are. I think. <laughs> let, let me just to, to answer the question seriously. What's made me happy is seeing Maxi Klinger get an Australian cap. I think no bloke more deserving. If his na- if his surname was Marsh, he probably would have paid he, better part of. He did lose. Tests. He did lose us the game last night, though, didn't he? <laughs> he did, but which has shown why he hasn't been chosen before. I think we we were we were ten runs short, weren't we? Yeah, and he he dotting it and dabbing it around didn't help. Yeah, I agree. Macca, what's made you happy in the last week? Well, man, as I'm glad you asked, and we'll go back to India here. I read, I've been reading a lot about you know the series. Obviously, we're looking very forward to it. Um, maybe if it is going to resemble a car crash, but I did see that our old sparring partner Surav Ganguly has been throwing a few hand grenades out there. He and he said, and I quote. I would be very surprised if India didn't win 4-0. Not only am I happy that he's agreeing with me, but he said he would be very surprised. Very surprised if well, India... I'd be very surprised so he's giving them no. he's giving Australia no chance. And I think probably most of India... You know, and I think maybe that's what Joe was talking about before, that, you know, we were, we, we're still a cricketing power, of course we are, but there were days when they would have thought, you know, Australia's coming out there and they're going to... You wouldn't yeah. have. You wouldn't. Can we have, ambush them. Is this? Can I we think the phrase sneak you're looking out for is you wouldn't have poked the bear mm, in that yeah. way when you had Steve Waugh and those blokes around, would you? You just wouldn't have come out and said those things. Well, it brings back to you know, that got Gotham Gambia. But why has that made you happy that Australia's going to get smashed? <laughs> well, over it's not, there? that's not. That's and not the Indians thing. That, agree. That's not the thing that's making me happy. I need to do some more philosophy. Man, is that, with that, you. Yeah, you do. You need to do some more psychology too. But I'm glad that he agrees with me, or I agree with him. But also, I just I love <laughs> the fact he's the one rolled out. Glenn McGrath style minutes. It's a validation of is your own feelings. Re- is this reverse psychology? Yeah, but it's, he's very surprised. I'm, ve- you know, they roll out the old ex-skipper to say I'd be very surprised. It's just, you know, it's just that's a, that's some psychology for all you, right. isn't it? Yeah. So I think mine wins. I think Ellen is the happiest thing all week. I think we can dine under. <laughs> well, Pune wins, doesn't it? But no. Oh God, <laughs> Ellen's gonna last longer. We we should go to the SCG test with Ellen t-shirts on. Well, listeners, if this podcast stays on iTunes, thanks so much can for listening. G- can you get censored on iTunes? I think we'll try. I mean, we've, we've done our best shot at okay. this one. Uh, so, Macca, thanks for joining me it's been on the show. Absolute pleasure. The old uh, firm back together. That was good fun. <laughs> yeah, maybe not for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> listeners, thanks again for downloading the Australian Cricket Podcast. I meant to say this at the beginning of the show, so none of, no one's listening now. But if you are, can you go on to the Castaway Podcast Awards and vote for the show, uh, the Australian Cricket Podcast, in the popular vote category? I'd love to get a few more votes in there. Also... Well, I have been releasing the show on Mondays, but now the test matches in India makes that a little bit difficult. So I'm going to be slotting in the shows between the test matches. So there won't be a show next Monday because Australia might be trying to hang on for a draw. So there will be a show just after the first test. Joe, thanks so much for joining me. I don't know if I'm going to invite oh, we're, you oh, back. we're still going. And I'm going to end the show this week. I've got Gab is over in India. He's asking questions to Mitch Marsh and Shout Dave Warner. Gav. Shout out to Gav. And Macca will let us know what these questions are like next episode. Thank you. Darren, do you think this is the greatest challenge for you as a coach to bring a team over and play such a really football number one team? I think it's a great challenge for the whole group. Uh, for us as a, a side, uh, both support staff and players, we've all got the common goal to play really well here. Um, we're not focusing too much on results. It's just you know getting to the game and play as well as we possibly can. So we'll, we'll leave that you know on field for us to start well is the key. And the captain's always strong us starting well, and that's going to be the key in the first test in Pune. Um, and starting here with the, the, the tour game is important for us as well. So. Preparation's been good, really happy where all the lads are at, uh, and now it's a, a case of going to play. Um, it's an exciting tour, uh, it's a great place to tour, great people, great fans, so uh, it's a great challenge full stop, and as a coach, you know, the whole group is is excited by the challenge ahead. Um, how, do you, how do you find taking the new ball, is that something you'll be comfortable with? Yeah, I've done it in the past, uh, not for Australia, but I've taken the new ball um, for Western Australia, and and for Australian white ball cricket, so um, yeah, I'm certainly comfortable with that. We practice, I uh, practice with a new ball every now and then, so um, if that opportunity arises, um, yeah, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, 
David, just a couple of your past Asian tours in Pakistan, against Pakistan and then Sri Lanka, you're coming off for injuries. Is this the best preparation you've been coming into a series in Asia? Yeah, look, the guys had a great hit out um, in Dubai. You know, we trained fantastic, we trained hard. Miles in the legs, um, and, and that's probably a, a great thing, and we're fortunate and grateful for that opportunity. Um, the guys are in great um, you know, frame of mind. Um, we're ready to go. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pumped, and it's been a much-anticipated series, that's for sure, so we're really looking forward to getting out there. And for you personally, like, given, you know, just before those two series, were you sort of... Held back because of injuries. Here you've come absolutely, you know, fit and ready to go. Is that been helpful going into this India series compared to the last couple of Asian? Yeah, 100%. You know, for, for me, it's it's about you know being being mindful of you know holding your body together and not getting burnt out. And you know, with the schedule these days, um, you know, every single player in world cricket now knows it's it's hard. You know, it's you got three formats of the game. You know, you've got plenty of people who are you know dropping off one format or just picking one format to play then you've got guys who play all three so it's about each individual and you know the, the countries and associations to, to be mindful of you know each individual and we're grateful that we do get a rest here and there um, but to, our most important thing is just to strengthen up mentally and, and physically to, to prepare for, for a big series What a marvellous strike He's played no better shot than that in the whole of the series. Uh, so now the tour <laughs> match, the tour match kicked off. <laughs> Mate, can you turn the aircon on here? I'm just dying. I've done the karaoke. Yeah. Cracked was- myself up and had a cackle for five minutes. <laughs> I was just about to say something. <laughs> I hope you weren't like this in your interview, mate. <laughs> 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 <All right. sighs> Sweet, let's get When are we? When are we getting into stuck in right. This is what it was like when Maxwell was trying to be serious next to Carrie Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's go.